Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A government shutdown is on the horizon, so who's to blame? The dealmaker-in-chief works to cut a deal and cancels a trip to make it happen. In new reports, President Trump's private attorney paid a porn star for her silence. This is the State of America Tonight. I really believe the Democrats want to shut down. OMB is preparing for what we're calling the Schumer shutdown. This resolution kicks the can down the road. This vote should be a no-brainer. It would be foolish to shut down government uh, for 300 million Americans. I don't know what the White House's position is. Well, all roads do lead back to the president. I think it's important to realize that the only person who seems to want a government shutdown is the president. There's no way you could lay this at the feet of the president of the United States. He is actively working to try to get a deal. Hello, I'm Mia Malika Henderson, live in New York, in for Kate Baldwin. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America Tonight. A year ago tomorrow, the U.S. political landscape as we knew it changed when Donald J. Trump was sworn in as the nation's 45th president. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. And as that anniversary approaches, the man who said his deal-making skills were a selling point finds himself at the center of a very divided Washington, where government shutdown is now just hours away. Based on Trump's words, now you might think in, that he would be leading the negotiations. After all, here's what he said in 2013, the last time a shutdown threatened. And the president, in all fairness, he's the leader. He's the one that has to get everybody in a room and get it done. I really think the pressure is on Obama to make a deal because he doesn't want this in his resume. They're not going to be talking about Boehner and Reid and all. They're going to be talking about President Obama and what a disaster the administration was. So he does have a lot of pressure to get this problem solved. He's got a big problem. So here's just some of the things that we know President Trump has done today. Just hours before that shutdown deadline, he canceled a planned trip to Mar-a-Lago where he was set to host a six-figure fundraiser to celebrate his anniversary. He also... We've got Chuck Schumer now on, on Capitol Hill. Thank you. Are you going to shut down tonight, sir? Are you going to shut down tonight? the government going to shut down? We're going to continue to monitor that uh, from Capitol Hill. Chuck Schumer back from his meeting with the White House. Uh, now, and back to Trump. He also spoke today uh, at the annual March for Life rally. Tomorrow will mark exactly one year since I took the oath of office. And I will say our country is doing really well. Our economy is perhaps the best it's ever been. He also sent this early morning tweet saying in part that Senate Democrats need to get on board and support the short-term funding plan. Perhaps that's why he invited the Senate's top Democrat, Chuck Schumer, to the White House as the clock ticks down. 
There was an agreement that it would be a one-on-one -on -one meeting, a meeting between the Senate Democratic leader and the president one-on-one. -on -one. That is obviously a key play for Senate Democrats. They believe that if they get in a room with the president, there is an opportunity, if there's nobody else around him, to perhaps strike a deal. And the president's legislative point man says Trump is engaged far beyond social media. The president was very active yesterday in bringing together the House votes to get 230 votes. He was, he was speaking to the Freedom Caucus members. I think that was, that was where we had the best challenge yesterday, and he, he helped get that bill accomplished. I think he's making continued calls this morning. He's called both bipartisan members today. He will continue to do that. He is leading on this issue. For his part, the Senate is still in the hunt for a deal, and the finger-pointing, of course, is in full swing. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says if the bill fails, Americans will know who to blame. They will see which senators vote to shove aside veterans, military families, and vulnerable children to hold the entire country hostage. Hold the entire country hostage until we pass an immigration bill they haven't even written yet. So what exactly does a shutdown entail? So non-essential workers like the agencies that pay out small business loans, they'll be furloughed. Pay for essential workers could also be delayed. City services in Washington, D.C. could be impacted. But the Trump administration says it will try to keep national parks open. Members of Congress, they'll still get paid. And the Post Office, Transportation Security Administration, air traffic control, they'll all stay open. And in case you missed that, yes, Congress will still get its checks no matter what happens. And speaking of Congress, Democrats are firing back at McConnell's claims that they will own a shutdown. The Republicans are in majority control of the United States Senate. The Republicans are in majority control of the United States House of Representatives. The Republicans are in control of the White House. The Republican majority has failed, failed in 119 days to produce a budget for the United States of America. For his part, Chuck Schumer has offered his own temporary funding plan. I would suggest we all vote for the motion to proceed but instead move a very short-term CR and we will either negotiate it ourselves or the president will join us and we can get the job done. And at least one Republican scoffed at Schumer's proposal. The irony is uh, Chuck Schumer went to the floor last night, complained about bad policies of a continuing resolution, and his solution is an even shorter-term continuing resolution. A second verse, same as the first. This is kind of uh, the policies that Washington gets stuck in. Look, if Congress had a Yelp rating, I'm pretty sure it'd be pretty low. How this all ends is anyone's guess, but one congressional insider tells CNN, quote, this is going to get worse before it gets better. Well, buckle up, folks. That doesn't sound too comforting. And in the middle of all of this, yet another member of the president's inner circle, lawyer Michael Cohen, is caught in controversy. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that Cohen paid a former adult film star more than $100,000 to keep quiet about an alleged sexual encounter with Trump over a decade ago. That payment happened just three weeks before the election, according to the reporter who broke that story. 
he set up a company called uh, Essential Consultants LLC in Delaware, and it basically distances him from the payment. We know that Stormy Daniels, uh, whose real name is Stephanie Clifford, a former porn star, had been in discussions with Mr. Cohen for several weeks, uh, months actually, to about trying to reach a, a non-disclosure agreement. We should note that CNN has not independently verified the journal's reporting, and the White House has denied any encounter took place, as did Cohen. And in a statement, Daniel said she has never received any payment from Trump, adding, quote, if indeed I did have a relationship with Donald Trump, trust me, you wouldn't be reading about it in the news. You would be reading about it in my book. And I think we'll just have to leave that right there. On Capitol Hill, there's frustration, a mutual blame game, and some last-minute intrigue. We've got Caitlin Collins, who's watching it all unfold for us at the White House. Caitlin, just moments ago, the top Democrat in the Senate, Chuck Schumer, had a meeting at the White House, and we missed it. Uh, and, And what did he say? What are we learning about that meeting? Yeah, Nia, the president telephoned Chuck Schumer this morning, the Senate minority leader, that Democrat from New York that he's had this very contentious relationship with at times, and it sometimes have been very close. And the president invited him over to the White House today as this shutdown looms. I think we've got about 10 hours or so before that midnight deadline. And they were in the Oval Office for about a good hour, just the two of them, no other, no Mitch McConnell, no Paul Ryan, no Republicans in the room as they were discussing this ongoing shutdown, this shutdown that is looming over Washington. And then he just left the White House here a few minutes ago. And when he arrived back on Capitol Hill, this is what he said to reporters about how that meeting with the president went. Okay, I'm going to be brief. I'm not going to answer any questions. Okay. We had a long and detailed meeting. We discussed all of the major outstanding issues. We made some progress, but we still have a good number of disagreements. The discussions will continue. So you see there, he says they made progress, but it does not sound like they came to any kind of a deal, which sources familiar with the ongoing negotiations when Chuck Schumer was here at the White House were telling congressional leaders back on Capitol Hill not to worry about the meeting between the president and the top Democrat in the Senate, that they would not be cutting any deals, that the president just wanted to see where Schumer's head was at with all of this. But it does not look like we have a solution here, Nia. And we've only got about 10 hours or so before the deadline hits. And the president has already canceled his scheduled departure today to go to West Palm Beach in Mar-a-Lago for a fundraiser tomorrow night to celebrate the one-year mark of his presidency. So if the government does shut down at midnight, it will come on the anniversary of the president's first year here in office, Nia. The clock is ticking down. Caitlin Collins, thank you for that report. Still ahead as the clock ticks down, as we said, will President Trump make a deal with the Democrats? Our panel weighs in on the last-ditch efforts to avert the crisis. President Trump's self-proclaimed deal-making skills are being put to the test as he works to avert a government shutdown now just hours away. And Democrats' support is required for the Senate funding bill to pass. We have the panel tonight, Patrick Healy, CNN political analyst and deputy culture editor for The New York Times. We have Doug High, CNN political commentator and former communications director for the Republican National Committee. Steve Rogers, member of the Donald J. Trump for President Advisory Board. And finally, Jim Messina. He ran President Obama's 2012 re-election campaign and was also deputy chief of staff at the White House. Thank you all for being here, fellas. Uh, It's good to see you. 
What a day. I'm going to start with you, Patrick. Uh, this feels different. This uh, shutdown threat, a lot of the acrimony and, and animosity that we've seen from both sides, and the fact that they all seem to be so dug in. Right. And you have President Trump, who has you know, run and proclaimed himself as sort of the, the ultimate deal maker. He's got a unified uh, you know, government in terms of Republican control of House and Senate and, and the White House. Now, we know that for this to happen in the Senate, you're going to need 60 votes, but it's still the Republicans who who at least set the table, if not run the table. I mean, this is sort of their agenda, and they have been making decisions all along the way on um, on DACA and on the wall about how much to bend and how not. Now, you would think with President Trump, the way that he presents himself, yeah. he would be getting all these people in a room and sort of setting a clock and working at working at shuttling and cracking in between, some heads or whatever, yeah, shuttling in between maker, rooms, yeah. you know. But instead, you know, he he still sort of sits on Twitter a lot yeah. of times. And Steve, it's true. I mean, he did promise to be he's the best deal maker in the world. He talked about uh, President Obama back in 2013. Why isn't he leading? He said of Obama. Trump, well, is he leading? Well, first of all, it's a pleasure to be here. Always. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks, Steve. Uh, yes, he's leading. We just saw Chuck Schumer walk out of his office. Okay, Striking and, the and, fear in and, a lot of hearts of conservatives. Well, 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 keep in mind that, as you said, he's a great negotiator. I have found in my lifetime, sometimes it's better to sit down with one person who could weigh a lot of influence when you're trying to reach your goal. The light's going to shine, folks. I'm telling you, there's not going to be a shutdown. And I believe in nine hours, there'll be an announcement that there won't be a shutdown and they're coming together. So, yes, he's leading as he promised he would lead. And Chuck Schumer there initially said of this president uh, that he should sign a DACA bill as, as part of these negotiations to prove that he is not a racist. Look, what we're seeing here is absolutely no leadership from President Trump. The fact that nine hours before the deadline, he finally decides to bring the Democratic leader. Yesterday, Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader of the Senate, said he didn't understand what the president wanted or where he was. That is unprecedented. We were talking backstage. You know, Doug and I negotiated a, a budget deal with our bosses in 2013 when there was a shutdown. Both sides knew exactly what each other had to have to get this thing done. And we're sitting here nine hours before the deadline without any real consensus here. And to your earlier point, all you're seeing is angry tweets from the president. Americans thought they got the art of the deal. And instead, all they got is the art of a bunch of tweets. Yeah, and Doug, what do you expect to happen here, right? I mean, obviously, the president has been very unpredictable over these last days with this shutdown. Yeah, and, and certainly the sense on Capitol Hill is that this time it's a bit more real than it's been in, in the previous um, countdowns that we've had and as days have turned to hours. And you know things are serious when you start seeing pizza boxes delivered <laughs> right. to members of Congress and staff they're, eating, yeah. because they're, working, they're actually working hard last night. The challenge is... Um, who's able to do what? And this is where it needs to be. I, you know, I would, I would, I'd play Solomon here and split the baby right here between the two of you. Because I think both sides are somewhat responsible here. If Donald Trump is the great negotiator, then he needs to be negotiating not just with Chuck Schumer now, but yesterday, the day before, constantly. And Chuck Schumer has also, you know, we've seen both sides retreat to their various corners. And this needs to be an all-hands-on-deck activity uh, to avoid any kind of a shutdown. And those are big hands. Those are small hands. Those are everywhere. But the one thing that I wonder about, though, is how much does President Trump help 
you know, the splitting the baby when he uses the language about African countries. Oh, please. And that seems to be why we're here. Steve, Steve, you talked about this is leadership from President Trump. He's using language. He had this great meeting on Tuesday, last Tuesday, last week. Are you from New York? With some members of Congress where he seemed like he was dealing with reality. But Steve, you have to admit that that did not help. That poisoned the well. Look, I've been defending this forever, and I will, all right? If I thought it was really bad and the sky was falling, I wouldn't. He's talking about the conditions on the ground. He never, never mentioned people. And here's a man who, by the way, and I don't know why the media is not reporting it, because it was Ryan who said that uh, he has funded doctors going into Haiti, my goodness sakes. So this racist issue is ridiculous, it's, number one. I, number but, one. Talk, but, but Jim, it's poisoned the well quite a bit. Absolutely. You can defend all his crazy statements all you want. In the end, the art of a deal is about sitting down with both sides, to your point, and figuring out ways to work together. What you don't do is dump a whole bunch of poison in a well and then nine hours before bring the Democratic leader here and say, oh, yeah, I guess we better cut a deal. And, and Doug, what's your sense of, because we had heard before, and this is a moving story, obviously, that Mitch McConnell and, and Chuck Schumer weren't necessarily talking. I mean, take us to, to the Senate. What do you think they are doing now? Well, let me first say what a, what a pleasant surprise for me that it's not the House of Representatives right. that's struggling here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Right. That they is a big this, break from yeah. precedent. Uh, but, but what we've seen in the Senate is uh, people retreating to their corners. Yeah. And um, in some cases, retweeting to their corners. Um, when, the, when the president's involved. But this is not where Mitch McConnell is going to be able to take the lead. This is, the, this is up to the president to get Chuck Schumer in the same room, Nancy Pelosi if need be, but hasn't needed to be with, with the votes coming from House Republicans, and to, to sort out a deal. If Donald Trump is the great deal maker, he, ha- what is, what he has every is- leverage from, from the bully pulpit, and he has the leverage of a loyal base that will follow him regardless of necessarily what the outcome is, because for, for so many of his voters, if Trump says it, it must be true. But Patrick, the, the Dems have hung together on this, uh, and they right. feel like they've got some leverage. Right, they do. I mean, President Trump has talked basically on, on Twitter about how, you know, the, the military will be so hurt if the government shuts down. That's not that's leverage. Not true, the military right. continues. Right. That's, not, that's not true in terms of showing up to work defending this country. I mean, the issue really is, I, I think, you know, talking to sources of it is, is around DACA. I mean, if... If President Trump wanted to sort of go back to his 1.0 position, you know, and go in and talk to Chuck Schumer, I think we will see in a matter of hours what it is. it could have been uh, and the yes. You and you and him. Yeah, we, no, well, All of us. Let's do it. Let's do it. Kumbaya right. moment. Right. Let's, let's bring this right let's down. Yes. Let's, let's get excited. Quickly, right. quickly. Donald J. Trump has been able to move a Congress at least into conversations after years of gridlock. After years of not moving on anything, you got to admit that, guys. Well, people, are people agreeing this? It's all Republicans. Yeah, but this is not my lifetime. This is the only thing that's going to be Quickly, quickly, quickly. Apparently, someone went to the bar before this. We got to wrap the house. Republicans have the house. They control the White House. Give me a break. Not much bipartisan. Show of hands, who thinks there's going to be a shutdown? I don't know. Oh, good. Ooh, I do. We've heard huh? huh? right. So this is good. If you'd asked me an hour ago, good. I might have said yes. I, had less, I think it's less likely now than it was an hour ago. That's not a statement of confidence, though. Okay. All the Donald Trump cares we'll about his poll numbers, and he's yeah. seen the numbers. Yeah, and tomorrow anniversary wouldn't be a good look. Coming up, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times, depending, of course, on your point of view. Donald Trump marks his first year in office as president. So what comes next? We'll ask the panel up next. the crime and the gangs and the drugs that have stolen too many lives and robbed our country 
of so much unrealized potential. This American carnage stops right here and stops right now. On January 20th, 2017, Donald Trump became President Donald Trump, and in his inauguration address, he set the tone for history-making presidency. As we mark Trump's first year in office, I want to look back at 2017 and look ahead to what his second year in office will bring. We'll bring in the panel, and I've got some headlines here from some papers. This is the Wall Street Journal, uh, the year that upended Washington. It certainly did, and controversies uh, overshadowed impact. Uh, I want to go to you, Patrick. What surprised you most about Trump's first year in office? Yeah, I went into the inauguration last year with a pretty open mind. I thought this is going to be interesting. This guy, President Trump, might be able to get some real things done. He had Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell, you thought, as as titular allies who knew how the legislative process worked. he was worked. friends with Chuck he, Schumer? He was friends with Chuck Schumer. He had these relationships. He was talking at times about, uh, you know, you thought about sort of infrastructure. He was backing off of some of the at least during the transition, some of sort of the red meat social issues, like should women serve in combat roles in the military? You know, he had Reince Priebus in his chief of staff, who at least knew Washington. He was running stuff. And then he came right in and did that travel ban. And it just sort of shocked everyone. Regardless of what you think about the merits of it, the way it was rolled out was just this stunner. And it felt like sort of the hand of Steve Bannon. And I think for a lot of us, even though we knew Steve Bannon was in there, we didn't know how much he would shape all, those first how much weeks, he would yeah. shape it, and all those relationships would sort of come secondary yeah. to, to what Bannon wanted. Jim, I'm going to ask you a hard question. What do you think Trump has done very, very well? What have his successes been year one? I think he's done a really good job communicating to his base. He's kept his base together. Sort of a backhanded thing if the idea of a president no, is no, to look, expand. Look, I ran a president's re-election campaign. You spent some time the first four years thinking about your base and making sure. I, I think he's, I would give him marks on that. Um, that's about all you're going to get. Okay. Steve. So I think so you Steve, screwed the country doing it. Okay, Steve, you have to tell me what you think has been a failure of this president. I know this is going to be hard for you, but please try. Well, it is hard because, you know, when I, 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 I look at the good in everybody. Look, I could tell you great things that President Obama did. You know, I'm not the type of guy that's looking at the negative. I look at the glass of water half full, but I will tell you this what surprised me was the amount of middle-class people that came out to support him. That's Mass- not a fit. You, That's so not a you're failure. not answering no, the no, question. I mean, the, okay, so you're not, no, I so can't. You can't, he's just everything. Just I, I really, so how about how he ran the Oval Office in those first hundred days? The way well, everybody was just coming out. Oh, the inability right, to get health care through what? on a deal, I'll, I'll, I'll no what. bipartisanship, nothing? My first year in office, I had a hard time trying to figure out, navigate who I could trust, etc. So, you know, he gets into this as a businessman, not as a politician. So I cut him some slack on that. Okay, so, all right, all right, Steve. You, you, you weren't good at that. Uh, so, Doug, <laughs> so, Doug, what do you think, looking to yeah. 2018, what does this president need to do uh, to get, you know, maybe expand from beyond his base? I what do you see happening? I think it's very simple, but also very difficult. It goes to the headline from USA Today, Controversies Overshadow Impact. Um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders' last briefing of the year, she spent 90 seconds or two minutes saying, here's everything this administration has done. Donald Trump should say that all day, every day, and on the first Friday of every month when the job numbers come out, talk about his achievements, talk about his impacts, and talk about the positive, instead of insulting other countries, instead of coming up with nicknames for, for other senators, and all these constant self-created outrage du jours, get out of your own way, 
talk about your impacts, talk about the benefits, and people will listen to that, and it will seep through. Stay on message. Who thinks he's going to be able to do that? Not a chance. <laughs> no. No. You, Steve, you, see, you think you know he'll what? be able to? Not even you think that. You remember Admiral Stockdale? Uh, he's yes. Right, right, you know, the famous quote, well, I'm going to begin quote him. Who am I? Yeah, what am yeah, I doing Yeah, here? yeah, <laughs> No, but it is. You remember the day when, when White Houses wanted to drive the message yeah. with the day, and it was very hard to do, but usually you didn't have a president who, when job numbers would come out, would sort of tout the job numbers on Twitter, and then say 10 other things that right. would just destroy but, but remember about the theme weeks. Weeks. Remember the theme Oh, I remember the theme weeks. Yeah, yeah, that were really like theme seconds. The economy's booming. All right. Stock market's good. Job job rates are high. Uh, look, I spoke to people in New Jersey over this tax initiative. They're giving good bonuses. There. They're yeah. expanding. So there's a lot of good. Okay, Steve. Talk about that all right, guys. Okay. Yeah, all right. We're going to wrap it here. Let me just make one, yes, case, one thing. My, my new You've got like 10 no, seconds. No, Quick 10 if seconds. If everyone believed that, why is his approval rating the lowest of any city? All right. All right there you go. All right, guys. Okay. All right, Steve. Patrick, Doug, Steve, and Jim, thank you. This is day 365 of President Trump's administration. That's the state of America tonight. Check out our podcast. You can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. We'll see you right back here next week. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.